You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From November the 8th, 2020, at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida, the text is Joshua 24 Selected Verses. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors, Terah and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father, Abraham, from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. Skipping ahead to verse 14. And now therefore revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did those great signs in our sight. He protected us along all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. Joshua said to the people, "Ah, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, No, we, we will serve the Lord. And then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. And he said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and him we will obey. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made statutes and ordinances for them at Shechem. Last week, if you were here or watching online, you heard me ask a question prompting your memory. Have you ever experienced God in some profound way, in a way that's maybe difficult to even express with words? Well, back in 1978, a famous American rock and roller had an experience with the Lord that was profound and changed his life. He was on tour, and he was at a hotel room in Tucson, Arizona, when he revealed uh, to the press that he had a vision of Jesus as the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And this is what he said. He said, there was a presence in the room that couldn't have been anybody but Jesus. 
He said, Jesus put his hand on me. It was a physical thing. I felt it. I felt it all over me. I felt my whole body tremble. The glory of the Lord knocked me down and picked me up. And after that experience in 1978, this singer-songwriter would uh, put together an album uh, that was completely uh, <clears throat> immersed in, in his newfound Christian faith. He converted to Christianity, and his next album that he put out was uh, all the lyrics had something to do with, with this faith experience. His fans, some of them weren't too happy about that, but then he gained new fans from within the Christian faith. And his hit song from that album, released a year later in 1979, earned him the Grammy for the best male vocals that year. So I'm going to ask Leon to play just a little bit of that and see if you can figure out who this singer-songwriter is. Let me break the flow of the sermon for just a moment with an editor's note. The song that I played is copyrighted and I can't play it in the podcast, but I can read the lyrics to you. Here they are. You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may like to gamble. You might like to dance. You may be the heavyweight champion of the world. You may be a socialite with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. All right, so who's that singer? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. I can sing as good as Dylan, and he won best vocals that year. <laughs> you're going to have to serve somebody, he sang. And that was as true in 1979 as it is today, as it was in roughly the year 1250 A.D., how do you like that segue? That's, that's impressive, right? <laughs> How are we going to get from Dylan to the scripture text? As true in 1979 as it was in roughly 1250 A.D. when Joshua spoke to the Israelites that he was leading. And he said, we're in this new land, but now that we're here, you're going to have to serve somebody. Choose you this day. Whom you will serve is the official line. But I can hear him say, you're going to have to serve somebody. Who's it going to be? Now for a little context, you may remember that Joshua was the successor as the leader of Israel, that he served Moses during those 40 years, that Moses led the people out of Egypt and into the wilderness for 40 years. And if you remember, during that 40 years, Moses went up on top of Mount Sinai and received the Ten Commandments. Do you remember the first two of those commandments? The first one is, thou shalt serve no other God but me. And the second was similar, thou shalt make no graven images, no idols, basically. That was the first two commandments that God revealed to Moses up on Mount Sinai. And do you remember who Moses had with him up on Mount Sinai? Joshua. Joshua was there with him. And do you remember how, jo how Moses came down from the mountain and at the bottom of the mountain the Israelites had formed and fashioned this golden calf to worship Baal. Do you know who was with Moses when Moses saw them fashioning that golden calf? It was Joshua. 
And then Moses took those stone tablets containing the Ten Commandments, and he was so angry with the Israelites that he threw them down on the ground and smashed them to pieces. And you know who saw that right by Moses' side? It was Joshua. And then Moses took that golden calf and he burned it and turned it into ash and sprinkled the, the golden ash dust on the water and made the people drink the water. And who saw Moses do that? It was Joshua. And then Joshua was the one eventually then to lead the people into the promised land, into Canaan, into the land that God had promised the ancestors before. And by now... Fast forward a few decades to this passage. Joshua has now led the people. They have assumed the land in Canaan. Joshua is getting on up there in years. He's, he's an elder now. He's not just a kid anymore, not just Moses' sidekick, but Joshua is an elder. And he's got this whole memory going on of the Israelites just kind of clinging to the idols. They have a hard time letting go of these idols. And he compels them, choose you this day whom you will serve. And the people said, oh, we'll serve the Lord. Yeah, we'll serve the Lord. That's, he's our God. He's, we'll serve the Lord. And then he says, well, then get rid of the idols for God's sake. That's my translation. <laughs> get rid of the idols. Now, we think we don't have an issue because we don't carry around idols with us, do we? Or, 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 or do we, I wonder? We don't carry around any idols with us, do we? Or, or, what? No, no, no. We don't carry around any idols. We don't carry around anything. We're not attached to anything in our hands, are we? And then, you know, some of us even have, you know, the <clears throat> this thing attached. We don't carry around idols, do we? I don't know. So when I first read this passage and started thinking about the things that we serve, just like the Israelites had a hard time serving the Lord instead of the idols, what what is it that we serve? And I started kind of thinking about all the things that we can serve. We can serve wealth or success or popularity or prestige. and We can serve corporate interests, can't we? Sometimes even unawares. And we can serve political parties or philosophies or ideologies or even religions. And especially with that last one about serving a religion, you realize you can serve a religion without serving God, right? Let me give you an example. I have a friend who has a sister who is a nun somewhere up north. I think it's maybe Wisconsin, but I'm not sure. <clears throat> and she was talking to me about her sister, the nun, one day, and she said, Rhonda, she said, my sister is a very good Catholic, but she is a terrible human being. So we can serve a religion, even our Christian religion, without really serving the Lord. Joshua knew this when he talked to the people, and he told them, Choose this day whom you will serve. And that's his best line, isn't it? Of all the things Joshua said, did anybody ever have like a, a needlepoint or cross stitch saying, we, we will serve the Lord? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe in your mom's house or a grandmother's house somewhere, you've seen that needlework done. It's his most famous line. It's his like Arnold Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back, right? Or Clint Eastwood saying, go ahead, make make my day or maybe Clark Gable saying frankly my dear I don't beep you can't say that in church can you this is most famous line as for me and my house we will serve the Lord choose you 
this day you're going to serve. Well, at first this week, as I was living with this text and kind of getting into it, I was thinking about all the things that we can serve that's maybe not God's purposes, but then something else about this particular passage started kind of rising to the surface. As you live with the text all week long, that happens sometimes. And it was this part of the text, choose you this day whom you will serve. They had made the choice long ago to serve the Lord. They had this commandment to give up their graven images. There was a law in place that they should not have idols. But now Joshua, decades later, still trying to convince them to get rid of the things. You see, they had made a choice long ago, but it it seems that Joshua was saying they needed to make it again today. And I think that's no different than us. We can say, oh, I chose the Lord a long time ago when I was a young person. I was just a kid when I chose the Lord. But it's almost like Joshua is saying we have to choose again and again and again to serve the Lord every day. Choose you this day whom you will serve. It's almost like Jesus saying, if you're going to come after me, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. You see, every day we make choices. How to spend the finite resources we have. We would love to have infinite resources, wouldn't we? Of time, of talent, of treasure. I could use some infinite resources of all three of those things, but turns out I'm human and I have a finite resource of time and talent and treasure. And every day I make a choice of how I'm going to spend my time and my talent and my treasure. And some of the choices we make are so habitual, they don't even seem like choices anymore. Let me give you an example. Have you ever ever signed up for a free trial? And it's going to be a free trial so long as you cancel your subscription within, what, 30 days? And so you, you sign up for this free trial, like a credit reporting agency or Audible or, or some digital streaming service, something like that. And you'll sign up and you'll be like, oh, no problem. Enter my credit card. Oh, that's fine. I'll cancel it within 30 days. So you give them your credit card number. And guess what happens when 30 days rolls around? Whoops, you forget. And so eventually you're looking at your bank statement, and there's that charge, as well as the 752 other similar charges of things, of free trials that you signed up for. Who knows when? Does anybody have that experience? I mean, not me. I never, I never, I never had that experience. I'm sure some of you have had that experience. The choices we make today impact our choices tomorrow. The choices we make today may become habit for tomorrow. And so choose well. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Choose you this day what purposes you're going to serve. Now something happened this week in our country. What was that thing? Oh, oh, a presidential election happened. I got I to gotta talk about that because y'all came to church with that on your brains, didn't you? But let's back up. Let's talk about 2020, this marvelous year 2020 <laughs> that we've all enjoyed so much with the global pandemic and the vitriolic election season and, and who knows what in the days ahead. 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? Is anybody looking forward to looking at 2020 in the rearview mirror like, bye? How <laughs> I am. And this, and this 2020, we, we've, we've had just such a hard time. And our country has, 
has seemed so divided, and we still seem so divided. It's been a difficult year in our nation, and I'm not sure, to be honest with you, how we're going to heal from where we are right now. I wish I could look in a crystal ball and tell you what it's going to take for us to come together as a, as a country, and I, I don't know what this is, but I do know one thing. It starts with you, and it starts with me. And I may not be able to heal the country on a macro scale, but I can do things on a micro scale to bring unity and to bring healing in my circle of influence. That's all we're called to do. Let me give you an example of what that looks like. Yesterday, I had a Little League baseball game I had to go to. My six-year-old was playing Little League, and he is really good at picking up dandelions. and. <laughs> Little League, right? But after the game was over, I wanted to come and check out our Rise Against Hunger volunteers and see how they were doing and say hello. And <clears throat> when I pulled up into the church, I was, I was late getting here. They were about an hour, an hour and a half into their work of packing rice and nutrients. And when I pulled into uh, the church, I started getting a couple of text messages telling me about the official or unofficial official election results, that the networks had called the election, right? And I was pulling into the church getting these messages, and I was like, oh, goodness, what's that going to do to our Rise Against Hunger folks as they're getting the same messages? And I started, I came in with a little bit of anxiety thinking, I know we've got Democrats in our church, and I know we've got Republicans in our church, some diehards of both, and what's that going to look like in our Rise Against Hunger event? And so I kind of walked in through this side door right here. <laughs> I didn't want to walk into Chapel Hall first. I kind of wanted to sneak around to see what was happening. So I came in through this door and made my way to my office, and I heard the music pumping like we do for Rise Against Hunger, and it was jamming, right? They play some good tunes, and I heard the music pumping. I was like, okay, it sounds all right. It sounds okay. Then I heard the, the music cut off. I was like, oh my, here it comes. 4,000 bags packaged. And the volunteers went, woo! I was like, okay, all right, it's good, it's good. And so I walk in and I'm like, all right, 4,000 bags, way to go, team. And I don't know if they hadn't heard <laughs> or if they understood that what they were doing in that moment was what really mattered. Because what they were doing in that moment is what really mattered. They were choosing that day whom they would serve. And they were choosing to serve God through serving the least of these. National news story breaking, and here are our Democrats and our Republicans working alongside each other to help the least of these they chose well. And then, as your proxies, you, chapel, you chose well. Choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, and as for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.